This podcast is sponsored by Talkspace. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. By talking or texting with a supportive licensed therapist at Talkspace, you'll gain insights, discover truths, and experience breakthroughs that will improve how you live and how you feel. With Talkspace, just answer a few questions online, and you'll be matched with a therapist. And because you'll meet your therapist online, you don't have to take time off work or arrange childcare. You'll meet on your schedule, whenever you feel most at ease. Plus, Talkspace works with most major insurers, and most insured members only pay a $25 copay or less. No insurance? No problem. If you want to make progress toward a mentally healthier place, Talkspace is here for you. Now get $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com. Match with a licensed therapist today at Talkspace.com. Save $80 with code SPACE80 at Talkspace.com. Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The Eric Erickson Show. The phone number, 877-973-7425. You know, you can get me all over social media. You should follow me on Instagram. Um, Instagram is really kind of my favorite social media site. I found so many great small businesses to do business with over time. I just, I, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Instagram. It's E.W. Erickson, E-W-E-R-I-C-K-S-O-N there and Twitter and YouTube and Facebook and, and anywhere I am on social media, that tends to be me. <clears throat> um, so it it's Friday. It's Friday. Two days before Sunday, you know, you make your decision today as to whether or not you're going to go to church on Sunday and you reaffirm it tomorrow. Um, I want to talk about something and in so doing, I, I got a, um, I want to go a little bit down the rabbit hole. I was trying to get something to load. My internet has ground to a halt, but that's all right. I mentioned this yesterday, a crystal shop has opened in the city where I live. Not just any crystal shop. It openly advertises itself as a metaphysical, spiritual shop. If you go to the shop's Facebook page, and I don't want them to be harassed, so I'm not going to give out the details to them, but you can find that there are lessons in magic and witchcraft. Not magic as in um, pick your favorite magician on stage who makes stuff disappear, sleight of hand stuff. No, no, like actual conjuring spells magic. In witchcraft. And you can buy crystals that give you energy and crystals that save energy and crystals that give you calm and you can get incense to burn to ward off the spirits or conjure the spirits. You can do all of this stuff at this shop. My children go to a Christian school. It is a, it's a very Christian school. It's a classical education Christian school where we, the parents, had to be interviewed on our faith before they would allow our children to go there. My daughter commented last month that uh, there was a full moon and one of the girls in the class at a Christian school, a girl who goes to church, said she had forgotten to charge her crystals. I guess to capture the moonlight. There's this weird 
trend, and, and I don't think it's a coincidence that they're overlapping. You know, we're in postmodern times, and, and I, I if you're if you're a regular listener, this may bore you a little bit, but just I've got a lot of new listeners, so be patient with me here. It took me a very long time to understand what it means for it to be a postmodern society. There are a couple of characteristics for postmodernism. You hear it in, in the way our language has changed. In postmodernism, it's highly, highly relational. And there is no truth. Christianity is actually incompatible with postmodernism. Now, why is that? Well, if there is no truth, Christ says he is the way and the truth. And if there is no truth, and he is objective truth, then there's a clash. So postmodernism, there's no objective truth. There's no objective standard. It's your truth and my truth. You hear people talk about this all the time. That, well, that's your truth. Well, your truth may be a load of crap when it comes to actually being true. But you have your truth and I have my truth. And it's all emotional. It's feel, yeah. How many people these days say, I, I fall into this trap and I try very hard not to. And yet I do. In fact, I was, I was on the phone this morning with a, an important influential person. And I said, I feel, I was like, no, you idiot. You think, I think, I don't feel, I think, I don't care what your feelings are. Tell me what you think. And yet we all do it now. It is the postmodern trend of like, I like, um, I went to the, um, like, um, like, 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 no, you didn't like, you don't feel, you think, except people feel these days. They're emotional. That's postmodernism, and they're very relational. It doesn't matter what the institutional arbiters of truth say. If you don't have a relationship with them, you're not going to believe them. Even if what they say is the gospel honest truth, you're not going to believe them. You have a relationship. You have a, a relationship with Cletus on TikTok who does humorous videos that tell you a bunch of lies, but you love Cletus, so he's telling you the truth. It's your truth. That's postmodernism. Cletus tells you the hole on your backside is, is your mouth. That's that's where you're going to be shoving your food because Cletus told you so. You like Cletus. That's postmodernism. It's not a coincidence that this new spiritualism is creeping in at this time where everybody abandons real truth. It's not a coincidence that postmodernism comes in as Christianity fades. And the Christian religion is fading. Now, I will tell you, some of you will disagree. I think the Christian religion is the real one. Paul talks about this in Romans 1. Nature itself echoes God's creation. You, you look around and you see things in, in God. And, and people say, well, all these religions, all the religions, they're just alike. All the religions have these things. Well, yes. We're all made in the image of God. Therefore, we, we have we have bits of, of thought and psyche within us that reflect those things of that creation being made in the image of God and, and those things reflected in nature and we process them. And so everything sounds a little light, but Christianity is really, really unique compared to the other ones. All of them kind of echo the truth. Some of them have resurrection tales. They all have creation mythologies. You know, the, the thing that actually just blows my mind, 
Genesis 1, this is Moses writing, a prince of Egypt. And he says there's one God. Now, there is no religion on planet Earth at that time. Even if you take the like the 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 the, the liberal theologians, well, actually, they were all written during the exilic period when they were all in the Persian Empire. All of this was recreated. Even if you take that, every religion on planet Earth is polytheistic. And here come the Jews. Ah, there's just one God. Begotten, not made, eternal. Now, I take the view, it's it's Moses writing Genesis. And what does Moses say? He puts the stars in the sun. They're just, they're in the sky. They're objects in the sky. No religion on planet Earth. Even 2,000 years ago, except the Judeo-Christian religion, believed that those objects in the sky were just objects. They were gods and demigods and remembrances of the gods. And here comes this religion says, nope, actually, they're just objects in the sky. God created them. It's just completely different. It, it, it's, it's for all the religions are supposedly the same. It's like C.S. Lewis walking into the into the group at Oxford and they're arguing over the religions and, and you've got the Buddhist there, you've got the Muslim there, you've got the Jew there. And they've all largely concluded that all the religions are are, are echoes of the same and there are multiple paths to eternity. And Lewis comes in and says, yeah, Lewis, what do you think? He says, actually, no. There's this one religion, Christianity has a concept of grace. No other religion has this concept. Every religion has a concept of mercy. Christianity has this concept of grace. Mercy is, I spare you from what you deserve. Every religion has that concept. I mean, that is one of the hearts of, of Islam is, is God will spare you from what you deserve. Here comes Christianity. Here comes Judaism, Christianity. This is actually, you know what? God's going to give you what you don't deserve. It's a very unique concept. Every religion has a concept of the golden rule. But it's always phrased as don't do to people what you don't want them to do to you. Here comes this one says actually do to people what you want them to do to you and do it even if they don't reciprocate. It's again, it's 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 so different from everything else out there. But as we enter into this postmodern age, those sorts of values they fade. Now, ironically, the Christian religion is the most compatible with science. And what's so fascinating is that as Christianity fades in North America, paganism, it's making a comeback. The old gods are coming back in you suddenly see now a rising celebration of abortion. Well, that's just Moloch. People have been sacrificing children to Moloch for thousands of years. I mean, we, we, there's actually Vice is writing a piece today on how tragic it is that abortion costs as much. Right? I remember it, it wasn't that long ago, a decade ago, that abortion needed to be safe, legal, and rare, and now everybody needs to have an abortion. Are you really a woman if you haven't had an abortion? Even men can get abortions too because apparently now men can get pregnant. It's the old gods coming back. You know, there are actually people who suggest that we need to control the population to save the planet. It's for the harvest, just like with Moloch. 
Still, God's coming back. Or now, let's get back to the crystal shop. The crystals are actually a pretty ancient object of worship in religions around the world. That there was some sort of power trapped within the crystals and you could harness the power of the crystals. It's not just science fiction. It's a pretty old pagan practice and it's coming back. It is coming back. You go to places like Sedona, Arizona. I love Sedona, Arizona. I need to figure out how much it costs priority jet to fly me and my family out to Sedona. I want to go back. It's it's fantastic. I don't want to have to fly to Phoenix though and then drive two hours. It's gorgeous out there. Gorgeous. And you go up there and it's a bunch of hippy-dippy people, spiritualist people. There are crystal shops. There are aura shops. They've got the, the magic crystal shop you can go in and, and they believe these crystals. They are imbued with special powers and they believe it. But you know, it's creeping into churches as well. Think of all the all the, the people in church with the essential oils that are gonna cure their cancer and do all sorts of things. I, my wife is actually a believer in some of the, what essential oils do. Our, our kid tends to sleep with a diffuser at night with essential oils because it does. Some of them, they're, they're scent, they help him breathe. But I've had people tell my wife if she'd just take frankincense every day, it'll cure her of her cancer, for which there is no cure. And they believe it. And it's a paganism creeping in. It starts with a doubt of regular medicine. It transcends into an embrace of alternative medicine. And pretty soon you're with the old gods now. It's all creeping back in. You got people doing witchcraft. My, my, my daughter has a friend or had a friend who is suddenly into witchcraft. As, as, as her family goes to church and she's convinced she can cast magic spells. She has embraced the idea that she could cast, harness the energy of the planet and Mother Earth. It's all very new and very old again, the rise of horoscopes. I was actually talking to a newspaper publisher a week or so ago. Said, so, well, of all the things that are happening in the industry, what's one of the ones surprising you? Surprise, horoscopes are on the rise again. People are interested in what the stars are telling them about the future. All of this stuff creeps back in as, as real religion phase because you know what? There's no such thing as an atheist. Now, I know some of you are listening. I'm an atheist. I don't believe. No, you may be an anti-theist, but you're not an atheist. We all worship something. We're created in the image of God. We are designed for worship. We all worship something. Something is out there wanting your worship. Our minds are perpetual factories of idols, John Calvin said, and we all have our, all of us have our idols. We're all idol worshipers. Some worship more idols than others. Where you put your money, Tim Keller said, that's probably uh, what you're worshiping. And you could say, well, I don't put my money on anything except my bills. Well, then you're probably worshiping yourself, but you're worshiping something. There ain't no thing as an atheist. I'm just, I'm fascinated by it. I, I only share because I'm fascinated. It's a Friday afternoon, and, and I, I've had this, I've been thinking about this all week. I'm just fascinated how the old gods are working their way back in. And you know what? We're actually going to be all worse for them. For all the hell that Christopher Columbus gets for being a savage butcher, you know, he spared a lot of lives because the Aztecs with their gods, the old gods, the Aztec gods, they were far more savage than anything Christopher Columbus ever did. The old gods are savage. Jesus came and offered you grace. Moloch came and said, put your kid on the altar and kill it. 
That's what's coming in our society. We see it creeping in. We all know there's something deeply wrong with our society right now. We all know. I mean, you've got the situation. As I mentioned, my wife is on a Patriot Guard ride for a police officer who was gunned down, 26 years old, and murdered. What did he do? He arrested someone, and that person's friend decided the police officer needed to die. We see the protests out there now. We see, I mean, even your friends, your church-going Christian friends just seem somewhat off-kilter these days. Nobody believes anything. Everybody believes lies. They all get online. They find people who tell them what they want to believe, not things that are true. Nobody believes the truth. The clout of institutions have faded. The truth of institutions have faded. The credibility of institutions have faded. Oftentimes, deservedly so, sometimes not so much, but a willful, sustained campaign to undermine them in a postmodern era where there is no such thing as truth. And suddenly we're seeing the old gods creep back in. And you know what the old gods? They're all about human sacrifice and lies and betrayal and no grace whatsoever. That's the world we're headed to, and you can see it. Y'all have all wondered, what is it going on? Is it spiritual? Is it physical? Is it something? I can tell you what it is. You may not want to believe it. You may not believe it. It may not be your thing, but I'll tell you from my perspective, it's the old gods creeping back in. This hour of the program brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan. They're in Noonan, Georgia, but I don't care. It doesn't matter where you are, from California to Colorado to the coast of Maine. First Liberty can help your business become an even bigger business. You need loans and the banks are giving you a hard time. Well, First Liberty makes their own decisions and they know how to help you and they want to help you, but it's like six figure loans and more. They don't do small deals because they're a big deal. Go to firstlibertyga.com, firstlibertyga.com today. See what they can do for you. They want to help you. They're good people. They actually really are good people. I know them. They're great. All right, I, I, I didn't didn't mean to spend the entire time on pagan. I'm just, y'all, I, I really actually am fascinated by the whole concept. I really am. Um, these are the sorts of things. So when you read, for example, um, so I had to take a, a course in uh, the early church in, in church history when I was in seminary. And I got to get back to seminary. Now that I'm doing three hours a day, I can get back to it. And I'm ready, ready, so ready to go back to reform theological. Uh, but... It's just, it's really fascinating when you study the history, how a lot of this stuff, anyway, like, for example, um, it took a very long time in rural Roman Empire for Christianity to catch on, in large part because the cities were the, was where the power was, and when the emperor converted to Christianity, all the people in the cities had to very rapidly catch on, but it was still... Years and years and years and years before they got rid of the um, altar of Jupiter from the Roman Senate. When they got rid of the altar of of Jupiter from the Roman Senate, it wasn't that long after that Rome got sacked. And the people of Rome were shocked back into pagan worship of the Roman gods, Jupiter and the like, because they thought, oh, this is clearly there must be something there that that, uh, their power was taken from us. And now we must go back. No, it's just it's amazing how quickly paganism sweeps into places. Uh, no one really becomes a, an, a secular non-believer. I mean, there are people who claim to be, but when you start probing their thoughts on the world and stuff, they're, they are v- superstitious. Superstitions come back in. Uh, pagan ritual comes back in. They don't even realize it sometimes. Sometimes they're very adamant that they don't believe. I, I know a guy who is very, very adamant that he's completely an atheist, atheist, doesn't believe in all this stuff, and yet he is superstitious and engages in all sorts of pagan ritual. And it's just fascinating to watch someone be so dogmatic 
that they're not a believer, they don't believe any of this stuff, and yet they're engaged in in the sacraments of worship of a left-wing pagan religion. Hello there, it is Eric Erickson here. Uh, We'll move on from the Wiccans and the Crystals. (laughs) Uh, Right now, climate activists are trying to storm the Department of the Interior and take over. I, I, I thought these, was this an insurrection? What is this? They're, they're trying to storm and take, they're not trying to stop the Electoral College in Congress, so there is a difference there. But uh, yeah, uh, Uncle Tifa is giving way again to Antifa. They're trying to storm and, and do this. Here's a, there, There's a couple of problems here. And they're things that you should not be dismissive of. If you think the world is about to turn unstoppably bad in ways that will kill a lot of people, what would you do? What would you do? This is kind of the problem that we're about to be facing in the country. If you believe that the world is going to be destroyed. We're all going to die. We've got 10 years left. You believe we got to do something. The fierce urgency of now, and nobody's doing anything. What are you going to do? Change will not come if we wait for some other person, or if we wait for some other time. We are the ones we've been waiting for. This was the moment when the rise of the oceans began to slow and our planet began to heal. This was the moment when we ended a war and secured our nation and restored our image as the last best hope on earth that was barack obama ironically that last one he was seen in berlin this was the moment when the oceans began to recede uh, how far we've come barack obama has now not been president since 2000 what 2017 january 20th at noon on 2017 hadn't been president And suddenly, global warming, it's, it's a problem again. we got to do something about global warming. we we, we got to stop it. It must be stopped. We're all going to die otherwise. Are we not? we got to do something. Because that's what they tell us. That's what they tell us. So if you believe that, if you internalize it, if you've digested that though the oceans are going to rise, the storms are going to get more powerful, and we're all going to die because we're all going to burn. You know, they say climate change, but they still mean global warming. They, they mean all of this, this that the world is going to get too hot. It's going to get uh, too, too many storms, too violent storms. I saw someone I, I, I know and actually do respect, even if we disagree, so that we're, we're getting daily severe thunderstorm warnings. I'm not getting severe thunderstorms. I got blue skies outside. It's been gorgeous this week, and the water, weather's about to get even better in middle Georgia. It's great. In fact, they're saying 
that the weather in the southeast where I am is actually going to be really cold. And in fact, they're warning Europeans that the winter could be really bad. You know, in, in Antarctica right now, they're having record cold temperatures in Antarctica. But it's weather, not climate. Because if it's something that, that debunks the theories of the global warming alarmists, it's just weather. If it affirms the theories of the global warming alarmists, it's climate. But then therein gets us back to the problem. You. Wherever you are right now, you. You the preacher in your office at the church listening to me on radio right now. You the mom waiting for your kids. You got about 20 minutes until they're out of school. You're in the car line waiting for them. Your car is idling, but you got a Tesla, so it's okay. You, the truck driver, overnight listening to me. You're driving somewhere. I'm in delay somewhere. You believe the world is going to burn in 10 years unless Something happens unless we change. And you see politicians on both sides of the aisle, Democrats and Republicans alike, not wanting to do anything. You see Joe Manchin, Democrat, West Virginia, holding up the Green New Deal. Why? Because Joe Manchin's family owns a business interest, a significant business interest. Their family fortune is tied up in a natural gas company, a fossil fuel-related company. And Joe Manchin is saying if the Democrats want a Green New Deal, he, his committee, he gets to draft the standards by which we will set for clean energy. And you see Kristen Cinema. Globe trotting around the world. You know, the media is doing a hit job on, on Christian Cinema saying she's traveling the world. She's in Europe right now doing fundraising. How dare she? How dare she? We've got all this stuff, these deadlines. She needs to be here negotiating. They left out she's fundraising for the Democratic Senatorial Campaign Committee. Also, a big reason she's not going to jump to the GOP. She's a Democrat. She's she's a liberal. She's just not as progressive as the progressives are these days. But she's holding it up. Why? She doesn't want any more co- corporate increases, tax increases. She doesn't want individual income tax increases. Kristen Sinema doesn't want the tax increases. She thinks they're bad for business, but business is bad. Business is destroying the planet. And there you are in your 18-wheeler, in your Tesla, at your desk, on your jog, falling to sleep to my voice. Yeah, that's creepy. And you're thinking the world's going to burn. So what do you do? What do you do? You got to do something. And you, you, you could recycle You can become a vegetarian. You can eat the Beyond Burger, the McPlant. McDonald's is introducing the McPlant. Why? Because it's got to do something. Burger King is satisfying the needs of the woke by having their impossible burger. It's a burger, but not. So McDonald's is going to introduce the McPlant. You can go eat the McPlant and the fries. Get the fries. McDonald's has the best fries. It's not even an argument. 
the people who think McDonald's has bad fries are the people who don't like your mama jokes. McDonald's has the best fries. You can go eat the McPlant and get a side of fries. You can be a vegan. You can recycle. You can give up paper plates. You can give up bathing except once a week. You can bicycle. Yep, bicycling, that's going to get you. You bathe once a week and you bicycle to work. You think nobody likes you. No, it's just you stink. Sorry, you got to bathe. It's the body odor. You can do all of that, and guess what? It's not going to make a difference. So what do you do? Well, you know, the, the media, as I've mentioned this now a couple of times, they're starting to interview a guy. He's got a book out that says, learn to make pipe bombs. Blow stuff up. Blow up the pipelines. Sabotage the nuclear power, not the nuclear, the the coal-burning power plants. Blow up the pipelines. Don't worry about the public backlash because you're saving the planet. If you, if you really believe, if you really believe, and I, I I will wrap this up. I've gone on too long dragging this out. If you really believe that the world is going to burn and your individual acts aren't enough and you've got to force change, when do you get violent? You've got to get violent, don't you? Because Congress is failing you. The White House is failing you. They made you all these promises. you got to take matters into your own hands. you got to blow up the pipelines. you got to do something. That is going to feed the public backlash. Today, the climate activists... They're storming the Department of the Interior. They're no better than Uncle Tifa storming the Capitol to stop the county of the Electoral College. Those people fundamentally believe the election had been stolen. You can disagree with them. I do. But they really believed it. And by God, they were going to do something about it. They were going to stop the Electoral College from being counted because it was a fraud. It was a scam. The left stole the election with Hugo Chavez's ghost, the Iranians and the Chinese and some computer algorithms. They stole the election from Donald Trump. They needed to be stopped. They stormed the U.S. Capitol. Don't tell me the environmentalists have less conviction than the Trump supporters. The environmentalists are the true believers. And if the Trump supporters could storm the Capitol, Uncle Tifa go in, smash the doors down, hang Mike Pence, they wanted to do. That's what they said. That's what they were chanting. They'd build a gallows. Forget all the revisionist history of the they're just political dissidents who arrested. No, that's garbage. They wanted to hang Mike Pence. They said so. Should we not take them at their word? They had the testicular fortitude to take action to try to stop the election from being stolen. They failed. And now they're out doing audits. Now they're out doing all the counting. Now they're sending me hate mail saying, I can't believe you don't believe it was stolen because I heard this thing and I know it to be true, even though it's not. Those environmental, do the environmentalists have less conviction than Uncle Tifa? Do the environmentalists have less conviction than the Trump supporter who's out there auditing the ballots right now? Because he believes the election was stolen. Do they? Because these people, they believe the whole world. We're all going to die. And that we're all too clueless. So when do they get violent? You know they're going to get violent. And you know something else? You know, this, this, is, this is the damnedest thing. The media is going to give them a pass. Because the media thinks we're all going to die too. The American mainstream media overall will excuse the violence 
because they will believe these people are saving us from ourselves. It's like after the George Floyd protests, you know, the media attacked all the people who, the small business owners, who's, they're, they're going bankrupt. They didn't get PPP because the, the major chains did. The billionaire companies, they got the PPP. The small business, they wanted to be reopened. And they protested. They showed up at state capitals maskless, carrying no COVID, but they were all going to die because they were maskless. And the media said, look at those white people, white people out there. They're protesting. They want their small businesses open. They want everyone to die. We can't have these maskless white people who are going bankrupt go back to their jobs where you could choose to go or not go. No, we can't have that. And then George Floyd dies. They're like, why aren't you out there protesting? Why aren't you out there? You have a God-given right where you better protest. It's your civil rights. Your civil rights are more important than COVID. Take that mask off so people can see how angry you are. But if you're a small business owner, you get COVID, you're not allowed to have a ventilator unless you've gotten out there and protested against against the, the, the police injustice against George Floyd. Then it's your civil right. Go for it. Media loved that. Now today you got climate protesters. They're storming the interior department. They're trying to take over the interior department. They're they're trying to do a sit-in in the interior department. They're trying to block the business of the government. The government's interior, no less. They want to block the government's interior. Constipate it. The media's okay with it. The media's totally okay with it. Because their heart's in the right place. You know when the Terrorism comes from the environmentalists who truly believe we're all going to die unless they do something. The media will give it a pass. They will condone it. I mean, you've got the New Yorker and you got Ezra Klein in the New York Times basically, I get a little public backlash, but the guy's got a point. We got to do something and the politicians are, we're going to take matters into our own hands. It's only a matter of time. Hey, you know who took matters into his own hands today? A Somali terrorist who stabbed to death, David Amos or Amos a conservative member of parliament. It's a Somali. They're looking at the terrorist relations. A Somali man, 25, arrested on suspicion of stabbing a member of parliament to death. It appears to be terrorism. It appears to be Islamic fundamentalism. He will be condemned. He won't die. They don't have the death penalty there. But you know what I know. If he came out and said, well, I did it to save the planet from the carbon emissions, some members of the media would find some way to be sympathetic to the terrorist. It's only a matter of time before it happens here. Y'all know it. It's coming. I want y'all to know I am a hero in my own mind. <laughs> I, I did get the booster the Moderna booster for which there's only authorization yesterday for the immunocompromised. Uh, but in talking to all the doctors in our, the Erickson's lives, everyone universal consensus that I needed to go on and get it. Um, I don't need, I, I guess I got to flag this for my company or something and tell them, Hey, I, I got the booster too. I got, I got the other booster. Um, but it did. 
uh, and I got a sore arm, but otherwise, absolutely no no effects whatsoever. Now, it clearly, I mean, it, I got it at nine this morning, so nine o'clock tonight, I guess something may show up. I got to get the flu shot this weekend, but I'm I'm waiting, gonna wait for the flu shot a little bit. But my pharmacist, actually, I've had multiple pharmacists tell me they're already prescribing Tamiflu this year from people getting the flu. So just be be alert out there. Now, I got to tell you guys something, and I got to be real honest with you. I'm a native of Louisiana, and I make really, really, really good gumbo. I do. I don't say that lightly. It has taken me years to master the craft. There is craft to it, and a cast iron Dutch oven. But I have been to Cajun restaurants around the world and here in Georgia. You name the Cajun restaurant, I have been. And I always eat the gumbo because if you can get the gumbo right, you're going to get everything else right. Red beans and rice are everybody in Louisiana has a different red beans and rice recipe. I need to send out my mom. You know, it's the perfect season. I should probably send out my mama's red beans and rice recipe. It's actually a very easy one. Uh, it, it actually is a very easy recipe. It's, it's not overdone. It doesn't take a lot of time and I love it. It's what I grew up with. And it's it's a it's a thirty minute recipe as opposed to a multi hour recipe. In fact, if you guys want to text the word recipe to three three seven seven seven, follow the link, sign up for the email. I will send out my mama's red beans and rice recipe today because uh, we have it on Monday night in our house. That's tradition, um, even though you don't necessarily need it. But gumbo, if you get the gumbo right, everything else the, you got the fundamentals down. I went to this restaurant. It's our twenty first anniversary last night. I took Christy uh, to this restaurant called The Pond. It's in Warner Robins, Georgia. Hands down, outside of Louisiana, the best gumbo I have ever had in a restaurant. Absolutely. I don't, you you name the, those of you who are listening on WSB in Atlanta, my flagship, you name the restaurant. I have been there. I have had good gumbo in some of these restaurants. I have never had gumbo as good as what I had at that restaurant last night anywhere outside of Louisiana. It was fantastic cannot recommend it enough and then my wife liked all the girly drinks i just got a beer i don't like i don't i don't like mixed drinks i like bourbon with ice straight i guess but really with some ice and if you're an actual bourbon connoisseur as i am you know to put a little water ice in there because it brings out all the flavors all the people say oh i drink it straight i drink it neat yeah okay you can but you're getting the burn and you're not getting the flavors you gotta put a little water put some ice in my wife likes all the mixed drinks, she and Philip. But this place, it had good gumbo. Now, I'm going to send out my red beans and rice recipe because i got to send out a recipe today. And if you want it, text the word recipe to 33777 right now. Sign up. I'll put it on the ewerickson.com website later, but it's what you're going to want to cook this weekend.